Thanks for listening to this sermon from the Image Church. Find out more about us and our weekly services at imagejesus.com. I met Jay almost two years ago now. Is that what it is? Yeah. And Jay and I actually drove through Springfield, drove through the north side together before I ever started and even gathering a core for the Image Church plant. And uh, actually before I actually knew I was going to plant in Jacksonville, Amy and I were praying through planting in Miami and was driving around town with Jay, and Jay was, I don't know, you can tell the story your way. I get to tell it my way right now, so you always hate on me, I'm going to hate on you. So, um, <laughs> Jay had a shop down on Lower Street, still does, called Straight and Narrow, and I had met him, and I was like, dang, what are you doing, Jay? This is amazing. You're meeting all these people. I'm like, Jay, you should start a church, man. Like, you should plant a church. Like, you already have a church plant happening right here. Why don't this thing become a church? And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Matt. I just do clothes and Jesus. I don't know. I just talk to people. And I'm like, all right, well, come in the car. Let's go drive around. And uh, we drove around, and he kept just speaking truth into my life, saying, Matt, you know what you need to do. You know what you're supposed to do. Like, it's so obvious you're supposed to plant a church here. Like, you should do that. And um, so Jay was used by God in a lot of ways to start the Image Church and to propel me and give me um, kind of a word, a word from God, if you will, to plant this church. And so Jay's become a, a really great friend of mine. He's one of my best friends here in the city. And we do life together. We were talking to each other on the phone probably every other day at least about just drama, ministry, family, life. And I really, really respect Jay. And this is why. This, I don't know anybody else that will go as far as Jay will go to serve people. And I mean literally driving it's like, I'm like, yeah, if it's within 10 minutes, I'll help you. Jay's like, if it's within 10 hours, I'll help you. And he'll do it. And he's always getting flat tires on his car. I'm like, why are you getting flat tires on your car? He's like, he's like, I don't know. I'm just driving everywhere. And where'd you get a flat tire? Like, I don't know. I buy Tallahassee. What'd you do? I don't know. Somebody was stuck. I needed help. I need to go help him. I'm like, what are you doing, Jay? And like, you have seven kids. Like, what are, how do you do this? And so I don't know how he does it other than the power of the Holy Spirit, but I really respect Jay because he, uh, he smokes what he sells, and that's the bottom line. And so um, what he's going to sell is the real deal. And you've always smoked what you sell? Yeah. Well, you stop. I don't know. We'll start. That's yeah. another story. So, yeah. But uh, it's pass the real deal. So, okay, yeah. cool. Um, let's pray together right now. I'm going to pray for Jay. Um, God, I thank you for... Uh, the friendship I get to have with Jay, that we get to have with Jay, and we're thankful for the example he sets for us on uh, pursuing people and loving people um, above loving ourselves, to count others more significant than ourselves, that he does that. And I think that's because you actually came and rescued him, and he knows that, that he didn't deserve it. And so that grace that you've given him, he's just motivated by it to love other people, and it's so obvious. And so I pray right now that um, he continue to point us to you, Jesus, in his words now, as he does in his life. And so fill him with the Holy Spirit to encourage us through Jonah. Um, and so we, we want to actually humble ourselves right now to hear what you have to say uh, through this man right here. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks, Amen. Jay. All right, bro. Speaking of uh, smoking what you sell, this is not a pack of cigarettes, just so you all know. This is actually my wallet case. All right. When I put it down, and people are like, you got the cigarettes right there. He's definitely smoking it. You know what I mean? And as far as Tinder goes, my daughter is not going to be on Tinder. I don't even like the name. That thing just sounds bad. Like Tinder. Like young. Well, anyway, I'm going to keep it to myself. But it don't sound like the place to be. All right? All right. So y'all bear with me real quick. We're going to get it in. And uh, all right. If I could find Jonah in the Bible or whatever. So all right. 
So, um, how's everybody doing this morning? Yeah? True indeed, true indeed. I didn't get to do the announcements this morning so we can get our scream on. Y'all feel like screaming? Y'all want to do it? One, two, three. Scream. I'm going to have to switch that up. That's starting to turn into like a preacher's like thing. Like, come on, let's scream, y'all. Let's get our scream on. You know what I'm saying? All right, so um, Jonah. Y'all ready to do this? All right, so we're going to be in Jonah 2 today. But before we do that, I want to actually recap what we did last week or whatever. Everybody knows about Jonah, you know what I'm saying, getting eaten by the whale or whatever and so forth. We've heard that a million times. But we're going to look into this thing because it's absolutely amazing story. It just was really um, it was heavy for me as I was reading it. I thought I knew the story, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I've read it a million times, but as I was getting into it, it just was really convicting me on so many levels. It actually took me through a couple emotional roller coasters or whatever. Like, for me coming to preach, it's kind of like Jonah having to go to Nineveh. Like, I preach, and people are like, man, that's cool you preach. I'm like, man, I fall to pieces before I have to preach. It's a, like, I'm talking about, I, I got to fight through to get the word out. Like, it's no joke. It's like the enemy's just coming against me or whatever, so... I felt like I was on a Nineveh journey or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But we, we made it here, whatever, we're good to go. All right, so here's the situation. God has come to Jonah, the prophet, and he's like, yo, Jonah, yo, Jonah, he said it like that. I want you to go to Nineveh, right? So he's like, I want you to go to Nineveh. The evil has come up before me, and I want you to call him out. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he's like go over to him and step to him. And so... Jeremy hit this very well last week or whatever when he said, he's like, the, the, con- the, the context of that is like you being sent over to go run up on Hitler during the Holocaust. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want you to go over there and go holler at Hitler. It's like, no way. This is not happening. I'm not doing it. And so Jonah, and, and, and Nineveh, just so you know it, like Nineveh is like known. Like they kill, like you look up the history on them, kill babies, kill families, kill whatever. They pride themselves in straight just crushing people. That's what they do. They's like, yo, we bone crushers. We killers. We riding on anybody. Anybody want it, they can get it. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, nah, I'm not going to try to holler at them at all. Right? So Jonah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> all right. Anyway. So, so Jonah's saying, so you got to realize, this is Jonah's, this is the way Jonah's hearing this or whatever. He's like, so you want me to go holler at him? He's like, God, No. They're murderers. I don't mess with Ninevites. If, is that such thing as that? Ninevites? Did I make that up? So, yeah. so I don't mess with Ninevites. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mess with them anyway. Kill them. They foul. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to kill my people anyway. Take them out of here. I'm not going to mess with them, right? He's like, yo, they're scum dog millionaires. Straight up. I made that up. That means they're rich and they're scumminess. All right? Scum dog millionaires. All right? So... So Jonah goes and he goes and jumps on this boat. He's like, I'm about to get the, the heck out of here. He's like, I'm going to Tarshish. Tarshish is all the way across the world. He's like, I'm not doing it. I'm going. And so and when he's telling God no, he's like, you, you got to understand what he's saying or whatever. We got the map back there so you can see how far it's like really across the world and whatnot. Um, George, we throw up that slide from Jeremy's crib. So this is what's happening with Jonah. Jonah's like, he's like, no, nah, I'm not going, right? So Jeremy put this up here last week, and it's like, the, this is a picture from his house, and it says, he is not safe, but he is good. Jonah is in complete agreement that he is not safe. He's like, you definitely ain't safe. You're trying to get a brother killed. But what he doesn't agree with is that God is good. Like, 
This is why he's on the run, because he doesn't believe God is good and God is able to take care of him in this situation. All right? And so he's like, God, you ain't looking out for a brother. I'm about to get the heck up out of here. It's just this isn't going to work, right? So that's what happens there, whatever. He jumps on the boat. He's getting out of Dodge. A storm comes, and the storm is absolutely crazy. Um, y'all remember the story from last week? Jonah's in the boat sleeping. Everybody else is tripping. They're screaming out to God, God save me, and all of that. And then they get Jonah up, and then they cast lots, and it falls on Jonah. So Jonah, so they're like, yo, man, what's, what's going on? Like, all of this mess is because of you, right? And then they come to Jonah, and they ask him, they say, yo, who are you, right? And what Jonah says next is absolutely amazing. And the reason it's so pivotal for us to, to hit this before we go into chapter 2 is because um, chapter 2 is basically a prayer all the way through. But what he's going to pray comes from this very moment. So if you could just get this in, the he- in your head, just think about it. Jonah's standing on the deck of this boat. The waves are crashing. It's going absolutely crazy. People are running everywhere screaming for their life, right? And he has this, he realizes in the middle of that, he's like, all of this is about me. Like, the lot fell on him. He's like, all of this is about me. Like, he just went from, from being, you know, God is not good. It was basically the statement he was saying when he was running. He's like, God, I don't, I don't trust you in this situation. But now he's standing in the middle of it, and he's like, you know, my father just rolled up on me like something crazy. With a storm, this big production here, the lightning, everything that's going on, this boat, people holding on for dear life screaming, it's all about me at this moment. God just pursued me and followed me over here. Y'all get where I'm coming from? So you got to think about what's going through his head at the, at the moment, right? So I'm going to just veer off a little bit. So I have a situation that happened in my life that's exactly like this. Exactly. Minus the storm and the lightning and the screaming people in the boat and getting eaten by a whale. But it's very much like it. Though. All right. So I always have these kind of analogies or whatever, and I think they're similar, but y'all might think it's stupid, but I'm going to tell it anyway. All right. So anyway, so I, so I got a partner I grew up with, right? And um, oh, let me read this to you first. So the people roll up on Jonah or whatever, and they say to him, they say, yo, Jonah, what's the deal? Who in the world are you? What is all of this about? Like, you must be somebody, like, dude, a storm, whatever your God is flipping on you right now. What's going on? This is Jonah's statement, Jonah 1.9. He says, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land, right? That's the statement he says out of his mouth. This statement is major because this is, this is what's about to frame everything that's going to happen, right, right after this, right? So let me tell you my little story because I had one of these well, I didn't quite say all that, but you get what I'm saying, right? So anyway, I got this homeboy I grew up with. I know I love telling y'all thug stories or whatever, like from back in the day. So I got this homeboy I grew up with or whatever. And, um, you know, when we were younger, we, we made a couple trips to juvenile and stuff, whatever. If I did something, you knew he was there and vice versa or whatever. And so, you know, we got older, grew up. I got saved, started following Jesus or whatever. He... Um, started following cocaine and, and selling drugs, and he became a successful drug dealer. If there's a such thing as that, I don't know if that even them two words go together. But so he ended up getting in trouble. He ended up in jail, and then he was like, um, he was coming home, and he was like, man, he's like, you know, I said, I was going to his fashion trade show in Vegas. So I'm like, you know, 
why don't you roll over with me to Vegas? And I really was trying to, I could never get him to come roll with me because he's always in the middle of his element, and I didn't want to get in his element because I like living and breathing. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to minister to him from afar or whatever and stuff or whatever. But I'm like, man, you know, come on this trip. I already got a hotel. Just come stay with me, and you're good to go. So he's like, all right, I'll meet you in Vegas. Comes to Vegas with me and whatever. And, and, the, and the trip was just going left from the get-go. So I got this hotel that was, like, off of the main strip, and so I usually get, like, something, you know, that everybody knows what I usually stay, like, in something or whatever, right? But I'm in this hotel, and it's, it's dope. It's, like, really modern and cool. It's, like, right there on the, on the, close to the strip, but it's, like, it's just weird, right? So I roll up. I go in the lobby. It's, like, pitch black in there. And there's, like, this black statues everywhere that just look, like, freaking mad demonic. Like, you know what I mean? And everybody's, like, on this super, like really dressed up and, like, really, you know what I'm saying, astute, but, like, everybody suits black, all the clothes are black, and I'm like, what is this, like, I'm thinking Dracula's about to come out of this joint, right? <laughs> so, like, I'm spiritually just off. I'm a mess or whatever. I'm, like, I'm calling Lana on the phone. I'm like, babe, I don't feel right over here. Like, something's not right. And I just, from the moment I got there, I didn't feel right. And then I'm in there with him, and I'm trying to minister to him, but he's, we arm wrestling. He's killing me because he's, like, you know, telling st- stories about drugs and coke and getting robbed. And I'm like, the interesting, but I'm like, man, I don't want to hear this mess, bro. I'm trying to get to the ministry, right? So, long story short, I'm over there to do my ministry thing. And by the third day, I'm in the club. I'm, in the, I'm telling me to tell you the truth. We're going to keep it real up here. I'm in the club, all right? I'm in there with a two-step, and I'm just chilling. Boom. And I'm up in there, and I'm praying, and I'm feeling convicted. I'm like, Jesus, Lord, this is... I ain't supposed to be in here, you know? Then I hit him with one of those. And when I, when I hit him with that, that's when it's about to be a problem, right? So I'm in there, I'm like, Lord, please forgive me. I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm a mess with it. I just slipped up, right? So, so long story short or whatever, not only am I in the club, I'm in the club and now I'm looking for a cigarette. And I ain't smoked in years. I'm off. I'm, t- I'm off. I didn't slip, slipped up, right? So... I go, I go, I'm, I'm trying to stay out of the mix. I'm in the mix, but I'm not in the mix. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, I'm married. I'm keeping it cool, this and that. I'm just stay out of the way, let my man do his thing. We go home tonight, this and that, we good. So I go back by the restrooms or whatever. I'm trying to hurry this, hurry this story up. And so there's a girl back there, and she's smoking a cigarette, right? She's sitting on this kind of nook, and it's, like, really dark, and I can't see her. And I know this is really bad for a preacher to say, but, like, she was kind of ugly. So I was like... <laughs> I was like, man, she's safe to talk to. I was like, cool. I was like, yo, what's, I'm just keeping it real. I'm just going to keep it real. I ain't saying it was right. We just keeping it real, all right? So I'm like, so, so I was like, yo, let me get a cigarette, right? She hits me with the cigarette. And I'm, I feel like I'm in cool mode. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. I'm not supposed to be here. But I got a little cigarette. I'm in the back hallway of the club. I'm not out there with the mess. And I'm chilling with the ugly chick. I'm cool, all right? Nothing's going on here. Nothing's going to happen. I'm going back to wifey, right? So no joke. This is, <laughs> this is exactly what happened. This is no joke. This is exactly what happened. She passed me a cigarette. I liked the cigarette. And she had, like, this kind of attitude. Like, it was weird from the moment I asked her for it. She was like, here, this cigarette. You know what I'm saying? And hit me one of those, right? So I'm sitting there, and she looks over at me. Literally, I'm talking to her for less than 20 seconds. And she goes... What are you doing here? So what are you doing? I'm in here with you. Lost in the sauce. I'm, lo- I'm with you, lost. What are you talking about? We're we on these Newports. What are you talking about? We're together. You know what I'm saying? And so 
She's like, what are you doing? I said, huh? She goes, she goes, you're a man of God. You're not even supposed to be in here. She goes, you're supposed to be preaching to these people, and you're up in here with them. And, and she, then she turns and she looks at me. She goes, my family's Christians. She goes, I know what I'm talking about. She goes, I'm not. I'm the black sheep of the family. She goes, but I know what I'm talking about, and you're not supposed to be in here. Man, my whole body buckled. Like, I was like, like, I, I went through this moment where I was like, okay, okay, God, it's like that. You're going to run a brother down, like, right in the, I'm in the, I was just, you going to come and get me in the middle of this? Like, I'm like, I'm having one of the moments. I'm like, I'm like, okay, this some real, like, this, okay, we done went to another level here. Like, this some real serious stuff. This girl, like, straight up, didn't know her, didn't know her name, didn't even get into conversation. Hits it just like that. But this is what it did to me. And this is what I'm talking about is similar to Jonah. I know there wasn't a well in the story at all or anything, but it was similar to Jonah in this right here. When he hit me with that, I was almost angry. I was kind of ashamed. But, man, I felt like a son of God at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really threw the garment on. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, dang. I was like, so, Pops, you coming to get me in the middle of the club? Like, I'm over here. I'm, like, feeling like I'm in the dumps. And you about to roll up on me in the middle of the party? You know what I'm saying? While I'm hitting it. Dude, I'm, I'm doing my thing or whatever. Like, he, he rolled up on me. So, it, 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 was, it was heavy for me, you know what I'm saying? And I'll speed the story up, but it was heavy in the sense that, uh, you know, there even was some fruit from it. There's this guy or whatever, like, I think, like, Wu-Ting was in the club, De La Soul, all these people. And there's this dude who's, like, a, a hip-hop legend or whatever. I won't say his name or whatever, but I seen him early at this trade show with his wife. And when I walked around the corner, he, like, is by me. And he's like, yeah, bro. He's like, yo, man, it's mad chicks everywhere, homie. You know what I'm saying? And I was like... I was like, bro, I was like, man, I'm, uh, and I knew he was married, and I was like, I said, bro, I'm married, I'm not even in here for that, I said, I really shouldn't be in here, but I'm just in here with one of my friends or whatever, and he kind of was like, man, bro, you, you right, man, you know what, I'm gonna chill out too, bro, I need to stay focused, whatever, so I was like, man, God, you just used my mess real quick, you know what I'm saying, and even got a little fruit out of it, but, you know, it hit me, I was like, I was like, man, God is... He's on me even in the club right now. He's with me. You know what I'm saying? And it made me put that kind of back on real quick. And that's what happened with Jonah at that moment. He says, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. It's kind of ironic because the dry land about to go out the picture in a hot minute. And he about to get real close with the sea, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I personally believe this statement was really like an act of repentance for Jonah um, when he declared that. I think he had the revelation of the vastness of God, how small he was, how foolishness him running away was or whatever, you know, that's cute. But unfortunately, God is not done with him. It's not cute. It's amazing. But God is not done with him, and the story's about to get even crazier. Um, and we know that the reason I say this, and, and, and I believe this is the case because immediately afterwards, they say to Jonah, okay, all of this is about you. What do we need to do? And Jonah the scaredy cat turns into gangster line all of a sudden because of the grace of God has pursued him all the way over there. And he's like, throw me over the side, bro. Toss me in the ocean, man, which is crazy, which spoke to them because after that, they started making sacrifices to the true and living God. You get what I'm saying? God's doing his thing all the way around. The grace thing is just all over the place, right? So they throw him over. He gets swallowed up. 
she's in the ocean. So it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, Let me read this from over here. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my, about my head at the roots of the mountain. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you. Into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope and steadfast steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. All right. So now he's over the the, um, railing. He's inside a well. It's not looking good at all, right? So this... this, uh, this prayer right here tells us a whole lot. I mean, you can always get a whole lot if you hear somebody's prayers. You know what's really going down when you hear it, right? So we're just going to run through this a little really quickly or whatever and hear what he's talking about. First of all, he paints us a picture of his circumstances, right? So here's the circumstance. Verse 2, he says, the belly of the fish. He likens it to Sheol, which is described as hell. It's what people call hell. So like in modern day, we're like, man, I'm going through hell. That's what he's saying, but... His, he's like, his story is for real, all right? He's like, this is like hell. I'm up in the belly of a fish right now in the ocean. This is what he's describing in his prayer. Um, verse 3, he says, I'm in the heart of the seas. And he says, and the flood has surrounded me, right? He's letting us know what's going on here. He says, and he says your billows and your waves pass over me. Verse 5, he says, the deep has surrounded me. He says, weeds are wrapped around my head. It's horrifying. He says, the root of the mountains, which the base of the mountains, where the mountains hit the bottom of the ocean, down to the land, the ocean floor, whose bars have closed upon me forever. That's what he says in verse 6. So basically what he's telling us is, and especially when he says, the, whose bars have closed upon me forever, he's saying like, yo, this is a, this is a dead-end situation. Like, I'm basically in a, in, a, in a casket in the ocean, weeds wrapped around my neck. The situation is, you know, these, you can only do so much with words, but, like, it's beyond what we could possibly even imagine, right? Literally, as I really was reading this and I'm really trying to get a picture of it, I was daggone there having an anxiety attack just reading it. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't like getting boxed in at all, you know what I mean? And so I'm reading that, I'm like sweating and stuff or whatever. I'm like, oh, no, it's like, okay, you know, the weed, that's crazy, right? So one of the things that came to my mind or whatever, I was trying to find, I wonder if anybody's going through anything like this or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, just to, I wanted to hear what they had to say because, I mean, I think it's amazing that we get to hear, like, this is what Jonah had to say, you know, his response to the situation. This is what he's, he's saying happened to him. This is a description. We get to really peep in and see what's going on here. And I was wondering, I said, man, is there anybody else that there's an account of them getting swallowed up by, um, you know, a fish or a well or something like that and living from it? So I looked online. There's like a folk tale about some dude or whatever, and I think Ireland or whatever, that on his, you know, 
tombstone and says like the modern day Jonah or whatever. And the rumor was that he was in a fish for like 15 hours. He ended up going blind or whatever because of the acid in the stomach or whatever. But then people tried to research it and nobody could prove it. So you're going to toss this joint to the side. Sorry, homie. We're going to have to scratch it off your tombstone. All right. Can't prove it. All right. So I came up on this story, whatever. Right. This actually happened last year. Some of y'all might be aware of it. But this is a guy by the name of Harrison O'Keen. And last year, he was in a tugboat that flipped over and went to the bottom of the Atlantic uh, Ocean. Does anybody know that story? And he was in an air bubble? Absolutely amazing story, whatever. So he's on there with his crew. Boat flips over. Um, he said there's three, three of his crew members in front of him. The water just hits him, <laughs> takes him out. And when it flips over, he's in this little air bubble, right? He's in there for three days. He's surviving off of, I think he, 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 had, a, he had two flashlights and he said they didn't last the first day. So he's in pitch black. He's just at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, all right? This is grasp on how horrifying this is, right? So he's at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. He has a bottle of Coke that he's on, which I like Coke. That's good. That's God's grace right there. You know what I'm saying? The salt water um, started to eat, eat away at his uh, body, his skin, and his tongue and whatnot. He wasn't drinking the salt water. I don't know how that was happening, but... That's what was happening in the conditions or whatever, right? Um, and as he's sitting there waiting, as, as he's sitting there in the dark, he said he's just waiting for the water to come up. Like, that's the constant thought. Like, he's like, I know this air bubble isn't going to hold here like this, whatever. Like, it's day one, day two, day three. He's just waiting for death. But death is, you know, it's... it's, it's it's imminent. He knows it's coming, right? It's inevitable. And he says that in the pitch blackness, he could hear the fish eating the dead bodies of other people. He could smell the bodies, and he could hear the fish having a feast on them. He said it was absolutely horrifying. So I'm like, man, what do you do in that situation? And by his account, he called out to God. When you look up this story, it says he called out to God. His words were, I called out to God, and I received a miracle. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's absolutely amazing. Modern day. Let's see what Jonah did, right? What was Jonah's response to what he was dealing with? I'm going to actually go backwards in how I read this in these verses or whatever, right? So Jonah responds this way. Verse 7, it says, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Right? Verse 4, we see him speaking and declaring. He says, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look up upon your temple. So, like, in the depths, when there's nothing, yeah. ain't no fashion, ain't no, you know, nothing, whatever, ain't no entertainment, ain't no social networks, there's nothing that consumes your time. It's just you and this pitch blackness and death is right there with his arm around your neck. Like, homie, we, we best friends, brother. Me and you, the death is on you. You know what I'm saying? When that's going on, it's amazing that these two men, they find comfort in calling out to God. Like, that's the only thing that seems to be there when they hit the bottom, the bottom bottom, right? It's not very often we hear people getting to such a bottom. You know what I'm saying? And able to give an account of it. You know? It's one out of more than a million that people survive in situations like this, I would imagine, right? So verse 2, he says, 
I called out to the Lord out of distress. So it, he was distressed. He was going through it. It's okay if we're going through it. it. That's life. We go through it. It gets rough. It gets crazy, right? But God is still there, still alive. When it's a mess, he's still alive, right? So in his distress, he calls out to the Lord. And verse 1 said, he prayed to the Lord his God. This is his response to a situation that's beyond our, our understanding, right? In the belly of a well. Um, something I want to point out here, whatever, it's like, it's amazing how in hindsight, when you go through a situation, you can see how God is in full control. You know what I'm saying? How you can see how he's really, really running the show. Even, even when you caused it half the time. You may have been a mess or whatever, and you in it. You know what I'm saying? It's me over in the club getting it. But God is still there, and I'm like, man, God, you spoke. You know, I hope that that story gives encouragement to people here that feel like they slip up sometimes. But knowing that God's, he, he still used it for something. It's my fault. I messed up, slipped up. God still was faithful even in that situation, right? So in hindsight, what's amazing here or whatever is that Jonah, that he's acknowledging God as being sovereign as he recounts this situation, right? In verse 3, he says, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me, right? So he could be saying this with bitterness. He could be mad at God. Like, yo, these, these are your waves. You the one let me fly over the side of here. You know what I'm saying? But he's not saying it like that. He's looking back and he's saying it like, man, your hand in this situation was amazing. And we're working our way there or whatever, but he wouldn't be glorifying that unless the result was amazing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's saying that because, man, he saw the, re- God, I see what you did here. This is crazy, right? It's kind of like this right here, right? So, you know what I'm saying? I know we, it's probably happened to us or whatever, or like, or we know people's happened to so you get in like a little car accident or whatever, right? Or you see people on the side of the road, they get in a car accident, and they jump out the car. Yo, you just hit my car with your piece of junk, man. What are you doing? Yo, you swerving all over the road. You know what I'm saying? My neck is hurting now or whatever. Then you got to walk around with that neck brace. That joint, you can't even make it look fly. You know what I'm saying? You try to hang a chain around it. It won't fit. The thing is it's jacked up. You know what I'm saying? It looks bad with a hat because it just looks look like a hat on a marshmallow. You can't. You can't win with it. You can't win with it. And you like, now your whole style is messed up because of the person, and you just, that's what's really going to make you angry. When you get in the mirror with that joint, you try to button your collar, put a tie on around it, you through with them. you like, man, these people, man, you messed up. Right? Then a year later, your neck is right. Finally, we're able to get the chain around it, get a tie on, all that. Get a call from the lawyer. You walk in that office. My friend, here's a check for 32000 man. And in hindsight, it's 2020. Lord, you're so good. You know what, God? You put that person with that car to hit. It was a, because you know what? I was running late that day and I stopped to get the coffee. You knew I wanted, you had me want to get coffee and everything is just, you get to see, you start seeing the hand of God all in this thing. And you like, you know, these people got to lean on my house right now. And I just, they just asked for 30 G's. You just hit me with a check for 32. Boom. We good. Like God is amazing. You start to really believe the things, you know, that all things work out for the good of those that love him. 
it starts to make sense when you look back. I know I'm making light of it, but it's actually the truth. It works out like that all the time, right? Me and my wife do these things um, like we used to do it every year, whatever. We slip up on it sometimes, but we do this thing where at the end of the year, after the ball drops, we'll usually get um, a pen and a pad or whatever. Or we'll get like a digital recorder and, it, and we'll go through the year and we'll write down all of the amazing stuff God did. And every year we do that, we're always like, oh, my God, because there's so many things like hills and valleys there. And like God's hand is revealed when you're in the middle of it, it just hurts. You're like, oh, this is crazy. It was a crazy year. We're going through it and this and that. Da, da, da. But then you start looking, you're like, man, we had this situation and God came through. And then and you just like it puts the fear of God in you. You're like, man, God is an awesome God. He's amazing. You understand what I'm saying? It makes you want to. Hit him. You know what I'm saying? It makes you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So you're like, man, my God is a faithful God. And um, it's just it's just amazing to see the hand of God come forth like that, for it to be made evident or whatever. And this is, this is what Jonah is saying to us in verse 3. I just want to read that again. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, all your waves and your billows passed over me. Right? So he's pointing everything to God. Right? So I'm going to wrap this up like this right here. We went through chapter 1, and we see what happened, circumstances. We see where it left Jonah declaring that he's a child of God, and his God is the creator of everything. Right? He's in that thing like, Whatever happens, happens. My God is the boss. I'm one of his. I know I'm one of his. He didn't track me down to come see me over here. All this is about his love for me right now. He rocked the whole world of pieces to get to me right now, right? Throw me in the ocean. Then we see his prayer where he's esteeming God as the controller of everything. He's letting us know a situation. He's letting us know how ugly it is, how bad it is, the distress he's in, and he's letting us know the living God, he's the boss of the whole story, and that's who I called on, right? And it's the, there's these amazing elements in the story, the well, the storm, Jonah. But when you really look at this story really, really well, the hero in this story and what is going on here is absolutely amazing. And we're just in chapter two, right? So from the beginning of this story, God is seeking for an opportunity to bring his mercy and grace to Nineveh. Murderers, killers, destroyers, a wicked nation of people. And he's looking to do it using to use Jonah, who's a racist, vengeful, hateful. His heart isn't right towards them. He doesn't want mercy and grace on them. He's like, kill them all, right? He's looking to show mercy to him. Like, God is the superstar in this story. You get where I'm coming from? Like, he's the superstar. Like, he's straight acting up in this story. Like, he is, he, he's the superhero. He is actually, this, this big production of what this story is, is showing us the extent that God is willing to go through to bring his love to us. Even when we're on the run. Even when our heart is in the wrong place. Even more so, it seems, Right? Because the story could have very easily been about, you know, Jonah could have pulled a David move and been like, what? They, they talking mess? Where they at? You know what I'm saying? Let me get my, my slingshot and run over there. He could have handled it, but he ran. And you would think God would be like, 
Who's the next dude up? Who's willing to go do this? But God goes and runs after him, right? It's amazing. You know, what happens here is the amazing part of this is when Jonah realizes God would chase him to the end of the earth, right? It's when God would chase him to the end of the earth. Let's look at what he says here. In verse 8, he says, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. What he's saying is this right here. He's saying, If you, and we have to keep in context, just think about, think about what he's going through. He's saying like, man, and he's saying when he says those, he's including himself because this is exactly what he just did. Running after vain idols. And it's causing you to miss the opportunity for, to experience God's steadfast love, right? Because what's going on here is when, when Jonah was, took off and he was on the run, he was actually worshiping himself, right? He was forsaking God's steadfast love and the trust in God. That's, that was the real issue. That's what caused all of this mess is that he didn't believe God to be who God is, right? So he took off. He was worshiping himself. We all do that, right? We, 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 we do what we want to do. God, I know what you want me to do, but I don't really feel like doing that. I don't feel like playing a good Samaritan crossing the street, whatever. Look, I barely got gas money today. I'm not, I can't go feed, homie. I can't do it. I don't have the time. So Jonah was actually pursuing himself, right? And then he ends this. I just want to go ahead and read through this or whatever, and then we'll begin to wrap up. But it says, I'm going to read eight again. It says, those who pay, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. So he wraps this up by declaring that God is a faithful God. So this is, this is what we're going we're gonna, to um, take communion in a minute. But this is what I want you all to know before I end this whatever, right? So I remember when I gave my life to Christ that, first of all, prior to giving my life to Christ, I literally was like God was, he was confronting me. He was coming to see me. He was on me. He was talking to me. And I literally was so consumed with what I was doing. I was doing me. I was chasing my vain idol, which was the pleasures of myself and what I wanted to do. And I was like, God, I don't got time for, to do that. I mean, I, in the most um, adamant way, rejected him. God, I don't want you. I don't got time for this. I'm doing my thing. Get away from me. A couple years later, whatever, I'm sitting in the church. And I'm doing the most wickedest thing I can probably put together in my head to do. I'm sitting inside of a church and I'm plotting a murder, plotting to murder somebody to get them back for something they did. And I have made the decision during church that I'm going to do this next week. I'm like, Sunday, I'm going to try to knock this out by Wednesday. Right? They do the altar call. I can't stand to hear them talk about give you life to God. I don't even want to hear it. I'm out the door. As I walk out the door... God speaks to me right on the spot. He comes and finds me. I might as well have been on the way to Tarshish or whatever, right? I might as well have been on the way. I'm a million miles of running. I'm not even, I'm just, I'm not even running. I'm just, I'm like, I'm gone. I'm, I'm not doing that. 
right? I'm using your sanctuary right now to plot a murder. I'm in left field, right? But he comes and he finds me for no good reason. No good. Well, I'm like, I'm like, I can imagine Jonah looked outside and was like, what are you doing here? That's how I felt in the club. I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you doing all the way over here? And that day when I came out of that church, I was like, what are you doing here? Do you know what I'm on the way to do? Superhero, man. The guy we serve. Grace and mercy. He's gangster with it. How does he, how, how can you look past such wickedness to pursue us, right? He's gangster with it. It's amazing. It's absolutely, it's beyond the comprehension of our mind. Jonah couldn't comprehend, why would you want to go save these people? They are the most wickedest people we, can, we know of, period. We hear stories about how they just straight mutilate people. And you want to go save them? The thing about it is that, Ben, you can come up now. The thing about it is that there's people in this room right now that y'all are having a Jonah moment right now. You're having a Jonah moment because you're sitting inside of this room and, like, you don't know if the person next to you is feeling like you, but you're like, man, you're like, I'm, God is speaking to me. I feel what this guy is saying. Like, he's speaking to me right now. Like, I feel like he's always chasing after me. But, like, you feel it. You're like, man, his mercy, I mess up. I'm an absolute mess. But his mercy and his grace seems to constantly pursue me and go after me and be wooing me and love even in the worst moments. I remember sometimes, man, I'd be doing some some foulness. Like me and my friends used to do dirt, and I was sometimes, I used to have this phrase, and they used to hate when I would say it. And I used to be like, man, yo, we up in here like a pack of demons, man. And they used to be like, stop saying that. But I just hit this point where, like, I just didn't feel like playing with it no more. I was just like, bro, what we do is demonic, homie. Like, we're the crap of society. This is horrible. Let's call it what it is. If we're going to go in, let's go in. We're up in here like a pack of demons, right? And then sometimes when I was doing the dirt I was caught up in, I used to be singing praise songs, and I could not turn them off. It's like God would be singing to me even in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my sin. I'm like, and I'm like I, I shouldn't even be saying your name right now or even, but it just used to be, it used to be going. Like he was just like, I'm still on you. I'm still on you. So this is what we're going to do. We're about to take communion, about to take the table. And, the, and, and the, 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 the bread represents the broken body of Christ, right? The blood represents the blood that he shed for us on our behalf, right? This is, this is, the, this is the ultimate here. Of everything I've talked about, this right here is the most amazing piece of this whole thing. So all of us, wretched. The mark's up here. We up under the building somewhere. We all falling short. Bottom line, right? And God, the superhero that we just talked about in the story, just like he was going after Nineveh, a bunch of wretched people, us, wretched people, who have fallen short of the glory of God, he pursues us, right? 
comes and sets a storm off just to get us, right? Son comes, dies on the cross. First of all, he lives a perfect life. Then he's nailed to a cross, tortured, beaten, and killed on our behalf. The wrath that God had that was supposed to be dropped on you, he drops on his son, Jesus. And for those of us who believe and receive this and respond to it, we get credited with, with Jesus' resume for living a perfect life. So in other words, you get an A-plus on the test. When I walk to heaven, I'm going to be like, yo, God, you didn't see me in the club? I did the thing, man. I was doing it. He's like, yo, I didn't see it, man. I'm like, God, I was killing the new ports. I was up in it. I didn't see it. God, I did a mess, man. I didn't see it. My son's blood covered over all of it. It's like, yo, you made a perfect A. Well done. Hold up. Who are you, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Somebody who's behind me. It's like, no, he's talking to you. Talking to you. But I'm going to tell you what's going to be a bad deal. If I come up there trying to run my resume off. And I'm like, God, you know, brother was, people used to talk about Jay, man. You ain't, you ain't, hear about, you ain't heard about me? Oh, it's crazy, man. God, feeding the homeless, mad stuff, man. You know, putting clothes in them, doing all of this stuff. I'm like, that's, that's a bunch of crap. That's about this big compared to this vast ocean of sins. He's like, I saw you in the club. You did it. You did it. You was, he's going to be on me. There ain't going to be no joke. He's going to call me out. There's, nothing to, there's nowhere to hide. It's like Jonah jumping on the boat. There's nowhere to hide, Joe. You can go to the end. Like, I'm broken in this. I don't got nowhere to go. When he found me that day, there ain't nowhere to go. I was hiding in the trenches. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere in this earth. There's, I can't get on a yacht. I can't chill hard enough. I can't, I can't hide from it. It's there. When I go to do dirt, he's still singing praises in my ear. I'm running around singing Hillsong in the middle of the mess. I can't escape from him. And, and after I've experienced this pursuit and this grace and this love and this mercy that he has for a wretch like me, I don't want to escape from him. I don't want to escape no more. So when we take this table right now, if you don't believe this and you don't buy into this, then please don't take the table. Nobody will be offended, right? Don't take the table. But if you do, let this be your decoration. Let it be your decoration as you're taking this and you're, and you're, and you're taking the broken, the broken bread and you're, and you're taking the, the drink or whatever and it's representing his body and you, you're, you're taking part in this. Let this be your declaration, right? And after church is over, if you want to, you can come over here and you can go talk to us. You can even jump inside. We can get, you can get baptized right now. We can make it happen. We can take it all the way there right now, right? So that's what we're going to do, all right?